Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Brighter Side is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com slash brighter side for your free trial. side of violence everybody what's going on we are a cynics look at optimism and i'm ed larson that's cena john amber nelson mary kelly what's going on today we are getting mad we want to throw some bows we want to split lips we want to fucking throw down dude knuckle up and throw down (laughs) i love it i love violence violence has been a part of our vernacular for since as long as humans have been around, oh. America was built on violence. Before people could talk, they hit each other. Mm. I guarantee it. For entertainment. I was talking to someone outside of the studio here, good old buddy Tim Warner, and you know, I was saying to him, you know, nothing in this world has ever started or no country has ever been settled without violence. Oh, absolutely. It's never someone just settles on a place that they're just like, hey, you, how's it going there? Uh, I think we're just going to make this our country. The other guy's like, oh, yeah, sure. Come on in. <laughs> you know who was a fucker? That Christopher Columbus. Oh, fuck Man, that guy. What a piece of shit. I yeah. was reading uh, People's History of United States. Uh, by the way, if no, if you guys haven't read People's History of United States by Howard Zinn, I haven't read all of it, but just read it. It's unbelievable. And he was, uh, yeah, he was just a, a rapist and a, and a slaver. And uh, he murdered everybody. But Eddie, who was it, huh? <laughs> he was the worst of them. <laughs> he was. Oh, my God. And it's tough. I have friends that are big Italians, and they have they feel like they have to defend Christopher Columbus somehow. Oh, man, I don't know why. They should be denouncing him. They should be pretending like he wasn't one of them. They should take, like, Marlon Brando as their, as their figurehead as opposed to Christopher Columbus. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but not to stick up for Columbus, but that was a little more acceptable in that time is you just find a town and then you just rape all the women, kill the men, <laughs> burn it down. I don't know in if that it was order. acceptable as much as it just kind of happened. Yeah. But- <laughs> Native Americans should still be running stuff. Man, I told you I saw Revenant today talking yeah, about violence. It Fuck was yeah. it was unbelievable. You saw Revenant, right? Love it. Fucking amazing. Talk about burning down villages. Was Holy it, smokes. Was it a long movie? Two and a half hours. Of violence. But uh well, a lot of sweeping, a lot of surviving. It's a revenge tale. You know, you can tell for the preview. The preview pretty much tells you the story of the whole movie. And it is just it is ultra violent. It is pretty great. Some good stabs, some tomahawks, a scalp here and there. Fuck yeah. And it touches on something that's my favorite genre, which is uh, revenge films. Oh, mm. man. The I best. Love. Yeah. Whenever it's something like uh, Kill Bill was a revenge film. Mm-hmm. Some of the best pieces of cinema revenge. Outlaw Josie Wales. Mm-hmm. My favorite part about revenge films is always the guy who's talking about how badass the other guy is. And he's like, oh, you didn't mess it. He's like, you're going to need more than an army to take out Josie Wales. You know, it's unbelievable. So do you think we should have more violent films? 
I think, I mean, I'm down uh, wait for... Wait I'm, I'm talking sorry. to a very biased crowd here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm realizing. Yeah, we're in a sketch group called Murder Fest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, people always say video games lead to violence. I'm like, you know who doesn't play video games? Kids in Afghanistan. Yeah, kids indoctrinated with Wahhabism and jihadi Islam. Yeah, Serial don't killers games. don't play video games. No. Yeah. They kill people. They just, they're only, they're serial, their, their game is real life killing. Absolutely, man. I was playing a game with Holden McNeely recently, Bloodborne. Oh. That game was really violent. And it was just, if anything, it just gets you like tired. You know, yeah. it's, you get, you kind of get it out of you. You almost, you know, would think that maybe someone who is really violent, if they played violent video games at like Grand Theft Auto, does that like not help quench? A sociopath's uh, desire to kill? It exhausts them, I think, too. I, I played a lot of these military simulators, like the Call of Duty and the Battlefield. I used to do that uh, years ago. But then they got so real and so violent to the point where you would hear the bullet whiz by your ear and then the screen would blur because you're getting concussed in some d degree and it stresses you out. There were reports actually of people playing some of these games so much and getting uh, beginning signs of PTSD. Man, I'll tell you what, Madden stressed me out. I had to stop playing. <laughs> it was fucking so aggravating. I used, to, I used to just get so worked up and upset. I was like, I had to quit. I was like, I can't do this anymore. You yeah. got to play NFL Blitz. That's like the NBA jam of Madden football. I'm done. Yeah. It's all video games are fucking losers. <laughs> you played losers. one, though. I did. I did. And it's fine. No, they're not losers. I just don't have the time. It's so exhausting. Too many buttons. You know, I'd rather... Read a book, yeah. and I'm not going to do that. Finding your girlfriend's button is hard enough. So. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Nice. Speaking of which, last episode, I said, who wants to put a baby in me? One gentleman said that he did, and then another one said he did later on in the timeline. I thought I was going to get fan letters. <laughs> well, let's Barrels of letters from these men. I got let's nothing. officially start this campaign throughout the rest of the season. We want you to send us your... Uh, your your offers to impregnate Amber. Your qualifications, how much you make a year, what's your bicep, you know, stuff <laughs> like Family that. medical history is important, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So leave us a voicemail about your your stats and, and what, you know, what makes you able to, you know, embed your semen in Amber's womb. Please <laughs> leave us a voicemail at 347 620 Six six one five. Again, that number is three four seven six two zero six six one five. I feel like a real radio show now. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's great. You know, no Croatians. No Croatians. <laughs> no Croatians. As per Holden McNeely. <laughs> Amber, what are you itching over I got there? A little something in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, when I was a kid, like seven or eight, my brother, uh, I had these older brothers with friends. They'd come over, and they said I was always watching scary movies alone by myself in the dark. And they said they saw me watching a, a, a Apocalypto. No, a, a Apocalypse Now. I yeah. love that movie. And you know great the movie. scene where he goes in there and like finds everybody that's like crazy and like a little. I just they said that I just started dying laughing. <laughs> Dennis Hopper is hilarious in that scene, by the way. Oh man, I love that movie. I saw that at way too young as well. Yeah. Nice. And I used to watch. It's to this day. It's probably my favorite movie. Is that a violent? I never thought that was that violent of a what movie. What are you nuts? It's not yeah. a violent movie, right? The fucking backstory is the Vietnam War. Well, I mean, the context is violent. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean the the movie itself. I saw it at a young age as well. I didn't think it was that violent. Yeah, they just chopping people's heads off. Well, it seems like they guess. go to. Did you see the place where they went? There's just bodies hanging everywhere. Were, that seemed like good set decoration. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> expensive. What about what about Kubrick? I mean, I, I grew. I watched uh, Clockwork Orange at like 12 years old. Ultra violent. I could I only see that movie once. Where it came from? Yeah. I used to actually go to sleep to that in high school. Is that weird? What? That is weird. Yes. Yes. I used to I picked days to confuse. Nice, easy going, <laughs> good tunes, smoking was, weed. I thought it was so funny, the scenes that he would cut Beethoven in with people fighting each other. Mm. Yeah. I found that to be hilarious. What about the rape scene? Well, that was a little difficult. That was Beethoven. But then you're usually asleep by then. You were asleep by the rape scene? Yeah, First of all, it starts with a rape scene. Well, that was more of like a playful rape. There's what? <laughs> was Go more... ahead, mark that down. Ruining Cena's career. <laughs> Do you think some people are more predispositioned to like 
more violent film, mm. violent video games, like Absolutely. a mental thing. Because some people they don't really care for it at all. They want to go love watch Love Actually. I think it's eighty twenty. Like, see, I'll watch Love Actually, but I, I want to. Yeah, yeah, so I, you know, but I also want to see people get fucking murdered, and yeah. it help quenches a natural desire to like go out into the town square, see fucking Joe Schmo get hung for doing something bad. You know, that's a natural desire that people have is to watch a fight, to see a fight, and if it's made up on TV, even better. Yeah, you know, then it's not actually happening to anyone, and I could you know still get my my jollies off of watching something horrible. Horror movies are a blast. I mean, all of our fans are big fans of horror movies. But. The question I hear, though, that you're maybe bringing up, and I, I'd love to hear what you guys think about, is, is it nature or nurture? How much of it are we born with a predisposition of liking violence, and how much of it is kind of learned over time from our experience and what we've seen? Mm. Only a true maniac likes violence. You know, you can watch these violent movies all you want. You don't like violence. Or violent stuff that we see on the internet. Yeah, you can you can watch it all you want. It doesn't make you a violent person. You know, if like p- violent people are people who actually go out and fucking skin a cat. Those are the guys you got to watch out for. I was allowed to watch whatever I wanted. Whenever I wanted, you know, when I was growing up, so it was, you yeah. turned out great. I've turned out yeah. fine, yeah. you know. Like I was never screened from anything, not nudity, none of that shit. I was always allowed to watch whatever I wanted, and I really think that's good for people. You know, once you start hiding things and and saying how things are secret, that's when accidents start to happen. You know, that's when you know if you don't tell a kid about the gun you have, that's when he finds it and wants to play with it. Yeah, you know, and it's the same kind of thing. You know, if you let them watch whatever they want. Let them make their decisions. And if they'll be smart enough to know, oh, I don't like violent movies. I'll go watch Pride and Prejudice. And, you know, but, you know, I do like the violent movies. I'll watch the one with the uh, zombies. I mean, I liked violent movies in general, but I do, I have, I guess, maybe fi- had a line, I guess not a line, but I get scared easily. That's why I can't do horror movies. I get scared real easily. Maybe it's because I watched Freddy Krueger at a young age and I always thought he was chasing me in my dreams and stuff. Oh, yeah. Freddy dreams are great. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I like I like nightmares. What do you mean? Like, in the moment of the nightmare, you're like, this is awesome? Cause Sometimes, that's- you know, I wake up, you know, I try to get back in it because it's exciting. But that's not a nightmare then, isn't it? I'm going to be fine. <laughs> What is that? I'm gonna wake up. I disagree that that is a nightmare. Because <laughs> you know it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's different when you don't know and you're just trapped in your own personal hell and you just hear lots of whispers and a shadow man in your corner. But the violence that we have in, inherently in us, I think, is both we're born with a little bit, right? Maybe like yeah. 10, 20 percent, and then the rest of it is just we're just flooded with all this information, like internet. Uh, you know, when we were kids growing up, the internet was just being born, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. and we were exposed to just unfiltered access to faces of death. Well, I, I got types. that from the video store before the internet existed. Oh my god, really? They just rented it at a West Coast video on a VHS tape. That and Traces of Death on VHS. Traces of death, yeah. And Tra- it's people dying. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw it on online on this site called SteakandCheese.com. No, oh, yeah. I saw it on VHS. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Traces so of Death was just Faces of Death was like actually disguised as a documentary. Traces of Death was just like people dying with hardcore music behind it. Yeah, sure. and like a guy going, like, "Watch out, this next step's gonna be a doozy." And the guy would just fall off a building, crush his head. So, what do you think then that we're exposed to more violence now? But in general, I think we were talking about right, Mary, that that our our world is a little less violent than it has before. I mean, we don't have the crusades happening. I think that really we <laughs> don't. But it's a violent out. motherfucker out there. You can't deny that. I mean, murder is down from where it was twenty years ago, but it's still really high. It's higher than ever. I just saw, you know, speaking of violence, Chicago, Chirac, uh, man. I just saw that movie. We. In the time of both wars that are going on right now, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq, more people have been murdered by guns in Chicago Mm -hmm. than in both of those wars put together. Really? Americans, anyway. Interesting. But we also don't have, like, the Civil War happening around us. There was just death and cholera everywhere. I guess it's also important. A third of the population died, right? Yeah. Something silly like that. We don't have... Those numbers were so high, it's almost like you can't not win when, when, you have, when you're coming yeah. from the Civil War yeah. times. But that also wasn't, you know, 
not that long ago. We're a young country. I was just in, in uh, Spain over the holiday, and you're looking in Barcelona at these huge seven, 800-year-old, 1,000-plus-year-old buildings, and it's like in New York here, you can't have a building more than 50 years old before NYU comes in and tears it down and makes it a new fucking dorm. I mean, that that's like one of the things that we don't have. We don't have a lot of history, really. That oh, we got young. a lot of history. Oh, we're such a young a country. A lot though. happened in this little time, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's, it's we, you know, like we've In the past 120 years, we've seen cars, trains, planes, and outer space. <laughs> and that was happened 50 years ago. That yeah. was like that, that was a real fast rush. The yeah. Industrial Revolution has, has sped everything up, yeah. right? Definitely. But we... I think there's a fundamental thing. Like, we don't... The Crusades didn't happen in America. Oh, I mean, you, you can know what, argue, I mean? Like, what about slavery? Uh, what about we, killing all the Indians? That's true. We that is the worst it. genocide this world has ever seen. The Indians? Yeah. yeah we, we wiped the race off the planet. No yeah. one yells at us for All we some gave reason. them were, was casinos. Man, well, you know, they're making money back now. That's I don't see good. any Indians working there, too. I just did a week at the Hard Rock down south. I didn't see any Indians. They're just hanging out? Oh, they're not like dealers or anything? No. Nah. It's all white people. It's really? All, yeah, it's all, Maybe they're like a light-skinned Sioux Indian. Nah, mm. nah, nah. They're the owners. They don't, you know, they outsource it just like you. Yeah, outsourcing. That's the new America, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> so speaking of violence, what level of violence are you okay with if someone were to come at you or someone were to attack you? You're okay with, like, picking up a crowbar and hitting them in the head, right? I would, yeah. You definitely have to, like, look around your surroundings and think, what could I use? Um, I don't have a gun on me. I haven't felt the need to use it. Coward. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I find people yelling things at me. I, you could yell whatever you want. I don't care. But the second you start walking towards me and start to try to put some sort of physical um, altercation against me, I, then, I, then I have to defend myself. We're all yeah. on the same page on that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. Stand up for yourself. So, you don't fight to... F- Whenever you fight, you fight to win. Although you know, today, that's a piece of advice. <laughs> fight to win. Today, I was going coming out of the subway, and there was a woman who was obviously on meth, clothes tattered, and I'm standing right at the top of the stairs with my back to them, and she just spins around and goes, "Get the fuck out of my face, you fucking bitch!" And I was like, "Okay." I just like turn around and walk back down. <laughs> I was like, that's one I won't. You got no one to hold them, no one to fold them. I'm not going to get in a fight with a meth head. And also, she could just push me, and I'm falling backwards down a flight of stairs. Yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, and also, just crazy people in general, homeless people, I mean, it's not worth it. You know, people who I see, like, want to fight a homeless person, it's like, come on, they're a homeless person. Just get them out of there and move on. You know, they're obviously bad decision makers. Yeah. You know, it's don't get involved. So we're okay as, I think, a society as well with self-defense. Right? Of course. But we also have, like, other kinds. I of like things. a little scrape, too, every once in a while. I feel like, you yeah. know, two guys can just be told to go home and not go to jail. You, you and me both, buddy. You know, I think, it's it. to, I think it's fine if it happens at a bar and, like, two people fight, you know. No one's, like, you know, dead or, you know, really, really hurt. Go home. It's fine. But there is this collective idea then about self-defense, and there's another idea about the castle doctrine. I remember uh, we- you got to explain that. The what castle doctrine. Just think about it. You could defend your castle. Oh, okay. So if someone enters your property, you can use any level of force to defend yourself if yeah. you feel like- Oh, yeah. You can shoot there. people in your house. Oh, yeah. Eight, what about on your front yard? No, you're not allowed. What it, no, in, in Texas, you're allowed. In they Louisiana, stay, Louisiana. Too. You yeah. step on the yard- that's the fucking castle doctrine. It's because so many yards in Louisiana are there's a lot of swamps, there's a lot of weird places that you don't you don't really travel to in your yard, but mm-hmm. there's the squatters rights. So if you squat on some on the piece of land for a certain number of time, that is five now five years. Five years, yeah. five years. That is your land now. Adverse possession. Absolutely right. That is this that is the stuff, but at the same time, if that person is squatting on the land and the owner comes back and they're like, Get the fuck off my land, the guy's like, No, I don't want to get off the land, they can shoot him. Yeah. As well, you should shoot so, them. Is that is that right? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. If you tell them to get off your property and they refuse to leave, I mean, they might have a gun. You're just gonna kill them? I think you got a, definitely a warning shot. <sighs> yeah. Warning shot in the air. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Warning yeah. shot in the air, and they maybe shoot them in the foot or something. I mean, we're talking like a tra- the Trayvon Martin. That was kind of the defense in Florida. There's oh, no, but he that was, was completely pro- different. But he was on public property. But and that then got, he chased that after him hold. and called the police, and the police were like, "Leave him alone!" And then he killed him. And then he killed him, but he still got off. How would he get off? Because they made it self-defense. Well, yeah. also because of racism. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thanks, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the idea is that we, I think I'm try, trying to get it as like this, there's a societal collective kind of agreement about certain types of violence that we're okay with. Yeah, I think yeah. sometimes people need to get beat up. I got a couple scrapes when I was a kid, and I think every time that I got my chin knocked in a little bit made me a smarter, better person. I knocked in some chins. Yeah? Oh, yeah? One chin. <laughs> what else is violence okay recently there was a stand-up comic who on stage said the n-word and then somebody in the audience a black man in the audience he's a white guy that said it black man in the audience uh no one knows who he is he just stood up and punched him words oh, yeah. words that make you violent i mean yeah. that's a thing that i think i don't know i don't agree with that at all unless i don't think you should say the n-word and if you do you're should know there are possible repercussions there you go and <laughs> i don't i'm not surprised it happened yeah uh, but i'm also i wish it didn't happen if he was funnier i bet it wouldn't have happened exactly well, if, was, if yeah, he had a joke absolutely it. <laughs> yeah and i read it's all it was on facebook i read all about the joke i can't remember exactly the nuance of the joke which i don't think there was much nuance in the joke no i think it was more of this kid was trying to explore the idea of using this word in a joke and the problem with that is a lot of guys try it for the first time, not in their living room or in the bathroom, like in the shower, but they try it on stage for the first time. Yeah. And when you explore a joke like that, when you use that word, you have to give the word the respect that it deserves with all the terrible history that it has to it. So if you're going to drop that word, you got to drop it and know really sure even if it's at an open mic you gotta be a hundred percent you gotta be like you gotta be like 600 percent right yeah I, he also seemed to be doing it as like a wink wink see what i could get away with you know and somebody's just like oh, there is that. no winking with the n-word you don't wink with the n-word no <laughs> i gotta say i uh can't be on the comic side on this one i uh, hate to hear about violence from comedians but you know I, Don't do stupid shit. I agree, and I think it's. I'm also all about free speech and whatever you want to do. With free speech, it's government actors. It doesn't even have anything to do with this. But I mean, I'm all about saying whatever you want to say. But you also have to accept the consequences of what you could say. Yeah. Uh, I was asking. I was trying to uh, prime Amber a little bit before the show and asking her. Okay, so if this happened, what about in a movie theater? As someone was in a movie theater and they were like, uh, "Fire!" or worse, "Gun!" in a movie theater. Uh, do you think it's okay to punch that guy in the face? I am totally, and I've talked about it on Roundtable plenty of times. I am all about the public beating. I think, <laughs> I think it's the great thing for the American uh, justice system. Yeah. It'll save us all a lot of money. You know, it's a lot of the crimes that happen in America, especially stuff like that. Just beat the shit out of them in front of everybody and be like, hey, that's what happens when you yell, I got a gun in a the movie theater. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's like, oh, we beat you in the street and then you go home that night, but you, you're beat up and you're fucked up. And, and that's the cops come around, they're like, hey, what happened here? Like, I didn't see nothing. Yeah. yeah. Street justice. Street justice. <laughs> that's good. Because originally I was like, nah, you shouldn't hit people. But then I thought about it, I was like, but that person should be hit. I guess I just don't want to do the punching of the person. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, I would like to, like, Leap in there and like Blanca his face, like eat it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, there should off. be rules, you know. I mean, you got to regulate this stuff. You know, what, like watch out for a street fight. Yeah, well, though a public beating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you regulate a public Sorry. beating. Yeah, no Wait. crowbars. You know, like no, let's come on. Let's... So there's a level of culture that we need to get across to the rest yeah, of the people. Yeah. It's like, hey, beat him up with the fists. Yeah, fist, maybe some soap in a box or something. I saw oh. a chain fight once on the streets of New York. <laughs> no, oh, man, that's Pretty a Amber, were you having an, a dream? Was this <laughs> no, a dream? <laughs> it was wild. It was on my first date with a guy. We ended up dating for six months after that. So you talk have about to. that it's chain. Good luck. Yeah, talk about that chain <laughs> fight every was, day. Uh, when I was living in Saudi, it was like so much hotter. The play was so much more um, aggressive. Kids on the playground would just like, you know, push each other down. Especially because I was like an American white girl. Like I would get pushed down. I'd come home with like bloody noses all the time. And so when I got to America, I would treat the other kids in the playground that way because that's what I was used to. And I remember many times being called in the offices and just be like, Amber, you can't just walk on and, like, just start hitting people. <laughs> you can't just do that. Or, like, just shoulder chuck somebody because I just yeah. thought that's how you made friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it, that was a, I was like that, too, when I was a kid. It, when it took a while for me because at first I was, like, real peaceful and then, you know, one kid punched me in the face and, 
my grandfather was just like, all right, now, uh, tomorrow you got to go to school. And the first thing you got to do is beat the hell out of him. Yeah. Know? And so I was like, he's like, you're bigger than him. You don't take that. And so I did that. And then, I'm, then I just started solving all my problems like that for a little while. There we go. And, uh, I remember one time I was playing soccer and, uh, I think I might've told the story on the show before, but whatever. And uh, I was playing soccer six years old. I was goalie kid goes to kick the goal. I block it and then it rolls back out and I'm like cheering and shit because I blocked it and then he comes and kicks it in and he scored the goal because I figured once I blocked it the play was over you <laughs> yeah. know I didn't know how soccer was supposed to be played and then he's like I scored I scored like no you didn't I blocked it and he's like no I scored and then I just punched him in the face <laughs> And I never played soccer again. <laughs> You're like, he should be in football. Yeah. What's the best way to get out of a fight? Real quick. Best way. Amber, you're confronted. Like, tell like, the story you told on the stairs. What's the best way to get out of a it, fight? Well, if it's a crazy homeless person, just be like, okay. Look them in the eyes and say, okay. And then just whatever, and then walk away. That's, yeah. I think, the best way to get out of it. If they're crazy. Mm-hmm. I've had good luck with just, have a nice day. And if they keep trying to talk to you, just, have a nice day. Have a yeah. nice day. That's good. Cool. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. I've gone out of a bunch of weird situations by just being, uh, by out-crazying the other person. Mm. So yeah, if I have that's felt the route in, you choose. I've, yeah, I, I have chosen that by if people have tried to say things to me on the street or uh, one person came up to me and they were just like, hey, you walking home alone tonight? And it was just like this very menacing guy that was trying to like scare me. And I was just like, no, I've got all my friends with me. Uh, <laughs> <by myself>. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was just like, well, if you just yell really loudly on a street, I uh-huh. mean, you know, they're, they're banking on you being silent. I know that's a little bit of a high risk maneuver. I realize that. Yeah. But it's worked for me. Eddie, what about you? Your gut knows what your gut knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had one that I that was really great in college. I had a these kids were about to start fighting me, and there was a bunch of them, and we're in the middle of this crowded bar, and I was like, I was like, fuck it, y'all want to fight? Let's fucking fight! It's like it's like we're going to jail tonight, baby. And so I said, that's like, because I just pointed at the bouncers, and I was like, let's, and I was like, and I was like, I was like, let's do it. I'm ready. Like, yeah, we never fought. Yeah, trick, is, trick is going into a public place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you do get into a fight. People can break it up easier, and then you just talk about what you would have done, man. That's no one funny. wants to fight unless you're a maniac. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you the- who wants to fight. The Middle East wants to fight. Oh, yeah. They want to fight all the time. Yeah. Saudi Arabia just decapitated that uh, or executed that Iranian sheikh, uh, a Shiite cleric. Yep. That was a, a huge, huge deal. Now they're kind of like in a proxy war. To some extent. Well, ISIS is now against Saudi Arabia, which I'm like, that's funny, because they're funding you, baby. Yeah, you're buying their oil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's very strange. But one of the things that w- we're actually going to be able to do is uh, go and talk with someone, or Bobby, who is a journalist with Voice of America, has his own show on Voice of America called Tablet that he's been producing for a while. And he's been out there, and he knows a lot about war and how it's used. And really how it can be used for good to a certain degree as well. Sometimes war is needed. And with a, it's a tricky uh, it's a tricky thing to to believe in, but uh sometimes you you got to kill people. Yep. And there is uh, no question about that. So let's go to someone or Bobby right now. We're going to go talk to him a little bit about war and the brighter side of war. We'll be back in a minute. Cool. So we're going to talk about some peace? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we we were going <laughs> to it's going to be the brighter side of war. I got it. Um, I'm gonna send you guys uh, a funny, a picture. It's a, it's a. I just took it for the show. Uh, okay. Let me send it to you. It's hilarious. Something to talk about. Um, in case you guys didn't know, both Iran and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I'll I'll have this photo explain it to you. It's coming. Saudi's basically the chairman for like a bunch of years now of of UN Human Rights Watch. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Iran has a seat on UN's uh, women's rights uh, table. So it's it's hilarious how, really? like... Yeah, dude. It's like two of the most <laughs> unlikely countries are in charge of, like, the oh, dumbest thing. Oh, my God. I just sent it to you. Uh, so you have a picture. You might if, if you guys are videoing it and then you want to put it online later, you can use that. Oh, so we can just get away with anything then. Yeah. Yeah, it, this is a, uh, from the UN site. I sent it. I texted it to you, Cena. <laughs> Allowed Iran to win to win a seat on yeah, UN. They're, they're, they're exactly they won a seat. So there was a there was presumably a competition. 
<laughs> well, uh, countries choose. You yeah. Know, there's a voting system. And then I think they won a year and a half ago or a year ago. So, and then Saudi Arabia for a while has been, um, has been the chairman. That's crazy. Could they be decapitating more women than they well, already do? They started off the year by executing fucking was 47 people in one day. Oh. Who did? Saudi Arabia in one day. 47 in one day? 47 in one day, first day of the new year. They, and they chopped their heads off. So that's like that's a lot of like hard work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It certainly is. What did they do? What were their crimes? Um, one of them, which which was a big problem. Are we, are we doing this show now? Or yeah. yeah, who cares? Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. We'll so, get into the intro in a second. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the biggest one was the, the Shiite guy, the guy that um, resulted in Iranians attacking the Saudi embassy and burning it. That's something we do every year. But uh, <laughs> this guy was a big, big uh, Shiite cleric, anti-kingdom uh, in Saudi Arabia. He, he was locked up for a while, so I don't understand why they had to kill him. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't going to change anything, but they executed him. And then the other 46 people were either Al Qaeda or ISIS or who knows what uh, related people that they, they chopped heads. Wow. Well, you know, I mean, if they're ISIS, you know, go ahead. I well, can get yeah, upset what, about that. <laughs> right. What is, their, what is their like judicial proceeding like? What's their due process like? Well, they have the Sharia law, so it's, yeah. it's not like the thumbs up, thumbs down thing. Exactly, <laughs> but most most of the times it's a th- it's a thumbs down. Yeah, it only the, the arm only has a thumb down <laughs> if it hasn't gotten caught in the finger chopping machine. Right, and then I have another picture I can send you. Please, uh, I love this the sending of pictures. I just remembered if if we're going to be talking about human rights and um, executions, I have a I have the list. Oh, okay, and. Here comes the list, and this is every year um, Human Rights Amnesty International um, puts out the list and the numbers, and China's always number one. Wow. Wow. Plus, Iran's always number two, and Saudi Arabia's always number three or number four, and switching with Iraq. And then United States always fifth, but we never know what's going on in North Korea, so that's not on the list. Wow. It's amazing that we don't – Iran is so uh, isolated, but yet North Korea is even more isolated. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the dude, they don't even have a toaster. I don't – like, it's, <laughs> it's a different – It's who knows what's going on there. So but, how come they didn't make the list? We know they kill people all the time. We know they kill a lot of people. We just don't know how many. Oh, oh. So, okay. Because they don't release any numbers. Iran, um, there's some activists who, who are, you know, and, and the government's all, also tra- a little bit transparent about it, but North Korea's like, whatever. Yeah, Iran's but, kind of like, yeah, we're, we're killing these people. We'll, we'll yeah. be happy to tell you. Iran's actually number one per capita because... Because uh, <laughs> China has so many people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, China, I mean, a thousand people is like, that's fucking one house. It's yeah. Like an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one sweatshop. So, you know... Uh, oh, do we have are, more prisoners uh, than China in the in America? Because I know we have twenty five percent of all the prisoners in the world. Do we have more than China? That's a good question. I wouldn't be surprised if we do. I mean, Chinese people mostly execute them anyway. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it's like a transit uh, place before the execution. People go to jail and then they get executed. In the U.S., you know, it's a little bit different. Yeah, we got to uh, wait a couple of years. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think United States does have one of the highest, if not the highest, number of uh, prisoners in jail. Yeah, I mean, you make so much money sending people to prison. Yeah, they're private. They're private companies. I've got my retirement accounts tied up with the prison industrial complex. It's doing so I, I well. Gotta, I got an IRA uh, Roth going on with, with Sing Sing. <laughs> Sing Sing, exactly. <laughs> well, welcome, Salman Arbabi. So happy to have you on the brighter side. Uh, We're going to be talking about war and violence and try to find the brighter side of both of those things. I'm here with Eddie Larson. Hello. How you doing, guys? Uh, This is just a conversation that we always like to go to the expert on. Uh, Yeah. And who knows more about uh, violence and war than our good buddy, Salman? Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Put that on my resume. You're you're a war expert. Yeah. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, so uh, since we we're just talking about uh, executions, and we're, we are the brighter side, uh, what are some of the brighter sides of all these executions? Are they executing the right people in Iran, or are they just, you know, are they sending Aladdin to the chair? 
Well, that's the problem. I, I think we always, like, we make mistakes in the United States. We've executed people for the wrong reason. Yeah. And then found that it's someone else. So in Iran, they actually execute all sorts of people. They execute uh, people for, for uh, homosexuality. They execute you if they catch you with uh, drugs. Like, drug smugglers all get executed. Really? That now, it's death, death penalty. I remember there was an execution that I, I they, it was like online years ago, or maybe I just saw the still and I, the moving image played in my mind, where it was this guy, maybe you remember him, someone, he, he was posed as a taxi cab driver and went around and mm. raped 13 women and children. And to execute him, you would think they just take you like they did any normal execution, electric chair, whatever, hanging them. Yeah. They got in a public square, they got a crane. Yeah, dude. And they put this crane, they put a rope on the crane and hung this guy from the crane in the middle of a public square. Yeah, it's not like they, they don't drop you. They lift you. <laughs> oh, so, so you choke to death instead of breaking your neck. It takes about, yeah, exactly. It takes about 12 to 20 minutes. Oh, <laughs> God. You just strangle, like, it's fucking horrible. And there's a bunch of idiots, like, taking selfies and shit. But see, the, the other problem with, with, like, systems like in Iran or, or the Sharia law in these Islamic countries, the problem is, for example, it, it's not necessarily the court that makes the final decision. For example, if, like, Eddie killed my brother and he got locked up, the judge would give me the final punishment. I would, I would, I would either put him in jail or say we need to execute him the same way he executed or killed my brother oh, so wow. it's your your life would be my hand not the judge kind of like that well how <laughs> i mean i guess it depends on the country you're in and the and the and the the culture that you're coming from that's gotta be that's terrifying no appeals courts or anything like that though either right? oh no so, so and a lot of you know if if you're if like wealthy family you can usually buy and you pay the family like I don't know a couple of million dollars, and they they spare your life. Uh, but in most cases, people can't afford it. So, um, and the other family's pissed off. They kill them. Wow. So, uh, okay. It's an eye for an eye thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it seems like uh, several eyes end up going down. It's striking to me that we still are number five on this top five executioners lists. That we are always in that top area, but we are the country of peace. We are the country of freedom. We are the country of due process. So we have due process when we kill people. In all fairness, if Texas was its own country, it would be number five. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think that those that's numbers are pretty much divided between like Texas and Florida. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you take any of those states out, we'll be whatever. But I mean, the list is fucked up because China's a fucked up country. Iran's a fucked up country. Saudi Arabia's a fucked up country. Iraq's a fucked up country. And the only Western country in there is us. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty like, crazy. Like you don't you don't see Brazil. You don't see. Like any other country, you see United States, you don't see France, or so it's pretty fucked up. And um, I guess our system's different, you know. The federal shifting to war a little bit. Uh, Saudi Arabia and Iran may be going at each other in a more upfront and personal way now, as opposed to like the proxy war that they've been kind of having for years. What do you see happening since the whole um, you know execution of the Shiite cleric, cleric in Saudi Arabia that just happened? Uh, how do you see that progressing between the two countries? First of all, I have to mention that Islam is a religion of peace and tolerance. And that's what's going on right now. We're witnessing a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> One's representing tolerance, the other one representing peace. So that's where the problem is. That's where the conflict starts. Right. <laughs> on which one. Oddly no, enough, I mean, so it, much it, violence it, happens between that, those two things merge. The, the Shiite Sunni thing's been going on for 1,400 years. Iran being the Shiite country and, and Saudi Arabia, the, the Sunni. And they're both the big brothers in what they represent. So it's like a Coke and Pepsi issue they've had for a while. And they've never really gotten along, but this is the worst uh, it's ever been. Like, at least they didn't burn down their uh, embassies. So this time was a big, big thing. And then immediately a bunch of other countries followed up, like Sudan, Bahrain, and UAE even... Um, you know, uh, notched it down uh, um, uh, on how much they're going to keep in touch with uh, being uh, relations with with uh, Iran. So we'll see what's going to happen. It's not a good thing because they're already they have their proxy issues in Yemen and in Syria, but now it's going to be a different situation. How is this going to affect our war against ISIS? Oh, it's all fucked up. Right now, ISIS is winning. <laughs> 
ISIS is just the biggest winner here because they're they're yeah. like the no I mean Russia's fucking up we're fucking up everyone's fucking up <clears throat> although the Iraqis have gained some ground they've taken they've taken away like one third of what the, the ISIS was in control of before so is uh I don't I don't I don't know what the future is it doesn't look good it yeah. d- it's really kind of troubling because this whole time we were trying to rally the entire Islamic world to fight ISIS. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a good one. Rally the Islamic world. And then, you know, <laughs> I love Bernie Sanders, but Bernie Sanders is like, this is going to be a, fu- a war for the heart and the soul of Islam, and the, the Sunnis need to come together, and the Shiites need to come together, and they need to make this fight happen. No, 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 no. It's we, not going to happen, yeah. We need to lower the expectation, man. If, this, if, if the Muslim world could get together, we wouldn't have what's going on in Syria alone or yeah. in Afghanistan alone alone imagine all these countries now all together it's like a oh. 2000 year old fight <laughs> exactly it's it's sort of like the uh it's it's a much worse than the protestant and the catholic thing that we've seen before this has been going on for 1400 years a lot of people think it's a direct result of george bush's invasion of uh, iraq but it's not it has nothing to do with that yeah don't we have a lot of bases in saudi arabia like don't we have uh, uh they are allies like that or no Am I wrong? We don't. We um. I know in uh the first Gulf War, they let us use their bases. Mm-hmm. We don't have a base there, but the uh, Fifth Fleet Navy's uh, Fifth Fleet has a base in Bahrain. Okay. Uh, which is in the Persian Gulf. Uh, I've been there actually. Um, and we have yeah. I mean, but the Saudis are are very um open to <laughs> let us use their bases all the time. Uh, anything, any, and that's actually the problem. That's where um, Al Qaeda kind of started up because when we invaded Iraq in uh, the first Gulf War in '91, um, that was that was like you know that when 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 what's his name Bin Laden saw the American flags in Saudi Arabia, which is a Muslim holy land basically. That's where Mecca is. Uh, he can he t- he saw that as like us being the uh, Crusaders in an Islamic land with our tanks and planes and flags kind of like marching around and he didn't like that. So is this uh, – you're a guy who also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, believes that war is good sometimes and you need war sometimes. Is that right? Yeah, sometimes. So in this situation, what war do you think provides the most benefit for society? In very – like I think Obama sort of mentioned it without really saying it that way a couple of weeks ago or last week. It, this isn't our war. This isn't like an emergency where we need to go in and, and save the world type of shit. This is like, it's not worth our soldiers. It's not worth the uh, the cost of it for our nation. It's not in our interest to send our, our guys over there and spend a lot of money on these weapons and stuff. Uh, and actually, in, in history, this is a very peaceful moment. Uh, it's not nearly as, as bad as it was, like... 50, 60, 70 years ago, and before that. It's always been worse. 100 years ago was World War One. We were gassing each other. Yeah. So this is this is actually a pretty peaceful time, and we don't need to go in and do something stupid. Um, just I don't know, and especially if we don't have any solution for it. No one has, actually has an answer. Well, that's what we were talking about that last night, actually, uh, the roundtable discussion is like, uh, you know, uh, the world is not as violent as it used to be, but we're exposed to so much more violence now. Oh, absolutely. We Vietnam see- was so much worse, man. We lost like 50,000 people yeah. in Vietnam. And- you know. So, and that was a stupid war, really. <laughs> absolutely. We, we talked about them. Yeah, we talked about that last night as well. How that was the one war. It's just like almost, I still don't even know why we did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it, well, it was stupid. We thought it was, uh, was going to be a domino effect of. Uh, spread of communism in really shitty countries that we didn't care for. But uh, we've been in a lot of horrible wars. In the, the Korean War in 1950-53 was pretty bad. Vietnam was really bad. And I think that was the last bad one. Iraq wasn't really bad. We lost like maybe 4,000 troops. But see, we realized it, it's not worth it. Even 4,000 lives is important to us. Last time we had you on, we were talking about terrorism and comedy and everything. And uh, you said that war was pretty much imminent with ISIS and we needed to go in there and fight them because it's too late to make nice. Uh, do you still believe that or do you think that we've made progress since then? I don't. I don't. I'm not on the same page, I guess, as, as I was before. Before I was thinking, all right, maybe before it spreads out, we need to go and take them out. But it's past being, I mean, our, look, our, we, our biggest mistake was getting into Iraq and then the big next biggest mistake was getting out. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and now that we've done both mistakes, the third one would be to go back in. So I don't agree with going back in. So what is the uh, approach then that you would think? To Honestly, I'm going to sound like a dick and say just give this problem to the Saudis and the Russians and the Iranians and deal with it for the next hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> make this their goddamn Vietnam. We don't give a fuck. We don't need to make enemies. Yeah, I agree. Just, and we're not going to fix it. It's not going to be fixed. That's the thing. How do you fix it? I mean, the war is good when you have a solution. Like after World War II, we talked about this last time. Yeah. It's like World War II. There was a clear us, them. They bombed us. We're going to go kill them now. We leveled it. I was just in Germany over the holidays. You could see the old pre-war buildings that were still up and beautiful. And then you saw these, like the new buildings that came up after the war that were just institutional rectangle boxes that they had to build and you just imagine the devastation that we levied on that whole country yeah because yeah and it's and let's let's be a little bit honest us brown people aren't exactly like the germans and the japanese (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's not like i mean if anything good was going to come out of it iraq would have been a great country by now yeah, it had that opportunity, but instead it went right down the fucking toilet. I mean, and it, it goes, just started spreading. It goes back to I don't think there's anything America can do to fix the problems in the Middle East. No, it's a it, it's a uh, it's very tri- uh, tribal and yeah. it's very corrupt and it's had thousands of years of issues and problems. That's not going to be fixed with with uh, uh, invading and and putting up a government that's going to fall apart in two days. Look at Afghanistan. Yeah. Hasn't changed one bit. What's up with our drone strikes? How often are we doing that? Is that its own type of war? Should we stop that? Is that the best way to handle this situation? I would. I wouldn't do the drone stuff either. Because every time we send something out, we blow up a fucking wedding or something. It's always uh, it becomes a recruiting tool for ISIS. We we. I mean, uh, so I mean, it's we're not gonna get rid of these guys. And we've taken out some good leaders like that. I mean, it's a good test. Some dude sitting in Vegas and flying his kites in in Afghanistan and Iraq, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it, it makes us look bad when we mess up. Yeah, yeah, and and we all we have a lot of casualties that are civilians that end up happening from this, and it's just a huge thing. And there's also no one on the ground that ha- to follow up after a, stri- no. a drone strike to be like, hey, listen, here's what happened, here's what we did, here's why we did it. It's just like. Boom! You're having your day. Boom! Everything's everything's dead. Everyone's dead. Everything's leveled, and then that's it. Back to normal. What? See, the thing is, like, to be a superpower or have a badass military, you need to be really good in the air and sea. And yeah. we're really good at those two things. And we're also really good on the ground. Like when the Marines went to Fallujah, dude, they just cleaned that shit out and and they beasted it. Even though they were like one third of the. Uh, um, amount of number of the uh, people uh, against the enemy, uh, they just clean it out. But after cleaning it out, we we can't sit there and police it. We can't police the ground. So we're good up in the air. We're good on the uh, in the water. We're good on the ground uh, in taking over something. But then we can't police it. We can't send in the army and just be like, okay, you should stay here for another five hundred years. And that's that's why this none of these wars are worth it because sure we're gonna kill the shit out of them, but then we can't police it. And their countries can't police it because they're not good. Look at the Iraqi soldiers. They're all running away naked. Who should police it? Their own governments or their own, you know, we, and they can't do it. They're not capable. The Iraqi government's terrible. Uh, Afghanistan's terrible. And they're always weaker than the, uh, the insurgents. What about the argument that if we don't do anything, these terrorist groups or ISIS or whomever are going to start attacking on our homeland, on U.S. soil? Uh, look, I think I think it's the other way around. I think, for example, um, you're not going to see ISIS active in in Argentina, and there's a reason they're not involved. And I think us being involved, us being a great Satan, us having a terrible reputation in the Middle East, uh, it does more harm being involved than not being involved because we're already part of that problem. So pulling out from you, if we don't have it, so we can't even figure out what we're going to do with Assad. So, you know, the Russians are like, we want to keep them. Iran wants to keep them. We're like, oh, we want to get rid of everyone. But we have no no, no solution for it. But we've also mentioned this. It's like there's an idea, a collective agreement in our country that we want to defend ourselves and our loved ones. If we were to extrapolate that to kind of like a foreign policy thing, you know, Israel is a good ally of America. What if they were under attack? Would we go and protect Israel or go to war to protect Israel? Yeah. Because Israel is a small country, it's surrounded by um, a lot of hostile countries, and they're 
our only true democratic ally in the region. So we would go for sure. So that's a uh, war you're okay with. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think Israel would need us because <laughs> they're pretty powerful. Uh, <laughs> but if something happened and they needed assistance, yeah, we would be in there in a heartbeat. What about uh, Egypt? I know um, we give a lot of aid to Egypt. Do we care if they get taken over? Egypt is ruled by their military, and I think that's how it should be. Because, yeah. I mean, we, 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 we thought, like, democracy was going to sweep across, and guess who they elected the... Uh, Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of like Hamas when, you know, they got elected in a democratic election. So unfortunately, Egypt is as good as it's going to get. Who, that. Who's the American equivalent group of the Muslim Brotherhood? Would it be like the tea? It would it be like the Tea Party, would it? No, because we're, they're not militants. Right. <clears throat> they're just stupid. Exactly. You know, um, the maybe, NRA? maybe these rednecks militias. Yeah, but that's. But even they're not as bad because those guys are, you know, they're they're both uh, they have a militant wing and they're also they're social organizations where they set up and this is how they fool people like schools, hospitals and shit yeah. like that. That's why Hamas is kind of popular because that's what they do. Oddly enough, America hasn't gotten wind of that and tried to fool people in the same way. We never build any schools and when we build stuff, they just it's just like a money suck and we can never do it properly. Oh man, they built this giant school out by uh, where I grew up in the Everglades. And it's this giant concrete monstrosity, and it's sinking, and so it's all going to be used for another like five or ten years because it's sinking into the swamp. <laughs> Who built it? The government? Yeah. No, it's that's public funny. school. Okay. <laughs> public school. So uh, maybe we we don't have too much time left with you. So I want to kind of hit a couple other points here with you. What do you think of the future of cyber war? Is going to be probably something that comes up a lot more often. Do you see the like these groups like ISIS and stuff using cyber war at all or hacking stuff? Or, I mean, we have a huge uh, kind of like defense system with cyber attacks, but how? I mean, we've already been hacked a couple of times by China and shit. Yeah, we keep fucking up the yeah. uh, the the uh, modems or the I don't know the hubs, the connection hubs that we were buying from this private company. That shit was hacked <laughs> by the Chinese, and they were providing the entire federal government with these things. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, cyber. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember the uh, Stocksnet thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No one knows who, but uh, probably Israel and United States together took down Iran's uh, nuclear facilities with a fucking flash uh, flash drive. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's it's cyber cyber war is a huge thing. There's Korean a great war. long form article about the Stuxnet virus that if anyone's interested, any of our listeners, please send me a note and I'll, I'll get it to you. It's so it's like reads like a movie. But if you're a nerd, I guess. Oh, yeah, they beasted it. They basically set this thing up, uh, and they sold some flash drives Yeah. Uh, from Dubai into uh, that southern city where the Iranian uh, nuclear site was, and some idiot bought it, bought one of those flash, uh, flash drives from a store and took it to his work, plugged it in, and that connected to all the computers, including the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the... the uh, it's like a turbine, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Right, something like that. And it basically fucked it all up. Yeah. So it, was, it was pretty clever. I, I liked it. I was like, wow, that's nice. But the uh, Koreans, the North Koreans and the Chinese are actively doing the same stuff to us all the time. They're stealing uh, nuclear or uh, military technology all the time. How do they? How are they so good at computers if they don't even have food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe they're the ones who get a little bit of food. They get food. They get like a little cardboard or bread or something. Is anonymous run by the government? Yeah, they have major, major uh, like facilities where <laughs> have all these geeks behind their computers starving to death and ha um, hacking into our shit. So, uh, what about uh, what about gun violence? What are your what are your thoughts on there's so there's there's a ton of gun violence in this country, and Obama just uh, had an executive order that isn't going to do too much, I think. I think but, that's a problem. ISIS isn't really our issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we're losing more people at home to our own guns. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, I'm 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 not completely against uh, Second Amendment. Uh, but I'm also for gun control. I think we have enough gun controls. They're just not being used. And they're, we're not, they're not being implemented. But is, isn't it a problem that our Constitution is literally are allowing terrorists to arm themselves here? See, that's that, – well, that's the problem. Like, the, didn't ISIS also promote it? 
Yeah. To buy a gun, go to the United exactly. States. Exactly. Don't don't carry the gun. The airport's yeah. very secure. You need I to buy it when you're there. Our problem isn't like if some thug, some crazy fool wants to do something horrible, they're gonna find the gun. I think they don't have any yeah. problem finding because I mean they're not. It's just it's gonna happen. If you're a terrorist, you're gonna have a gun somehow. It's you don't necessarily have to go to Walmart, uh, but we do we do need to restrict it and have not the kids kill each other in schools and in universities and stuff like that. Uh, there are enough guns. I mean, the background check isn't you know it's there. We just don't do it. And there are 82 guns per 100 people in, in the United States. Yeah, dude, we're five percent of the world's population, but we own 50 percent of the world's guns. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. I mean, to and to to be to give us some credit, we're very civilized, man. If, yeah, if that many guns, Pakistan, if Pakistan have five percent of the world's population and fifty percent of the guns, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> so the numbers aren't that bad. Yeah. Good, we're being responsible. Maybe a little bit more needs to be be done, but uh, it's a lot of guns. A lot of guns. Um, well, that is that is certainly a brighter side. But yeah, I appreciate that's it, so buddy. that's so true. Saman, thank you so much. It's been great talking to you, buddy. Do you have anything Likewise. else you wanted to? No, I mean that's it. I think we we covered we covered so much here, and it's so good to talk to you. You have such a great perspective on all this. And we thank really you. I like it. I like how we ended up on uh, finishing on, on on the brighter side of Pakistan. Oh, <laughs> 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 good. Cool. Enjoyed it, guys. Be good. Thank you. Share the link. Be good, man. Anything you want to promo before you go? No, just you guys. And uh, I'll, I'll uh, share the link once what's you put Twitter, it up. What's your Twitter handle? Mine? Yeah. You follow me. I know, I, I'm trying to get you to plug your Twitter. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Humble me. No, it's at Salman, S-A-M-A-N, R-B-A-R-B-A-B-I. That's there you it. go. Yeah. All so right, buddy. Very good you, terrorist buddy. name. <laughs> but it's verified terrorist. Verified. You are verified. It's so cool. And blocked by Donald Trump, which I'm jealous of. Yeah, in 2012. <laughs> Before it was cool. Before it was cool. Oh, man. Uh, be Take well, easy, my man. man. Thanks, right, guys. Good to see you. All right, bye-bye. Take care. Thank you, Salman. Uh, we, that was uh, enlightening. I hate war. But I also see the good side of it. Yeah, sure. It was enlightening. Even though, you know, technically it's tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, yes, and uh, I wanted to close out today with uh, what's your favorite war? It's a very, uh, it's always one of my favorite questions to ask people at a bar. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. You guys debate on what war is better than what other war. And it doesn't have to be an American war. It can have something else. Uh, my favorite war uh, is always... Uh, World War Two, you know, but like uh, I'll get it, I'll get into it a little bit later. But uh, Amber, what's your favorite war? Oh my goodness, probably the one with uh, Kuwait where we took down Saddam. I don't think Ooh. we should have taken down Saddam in the long run, but that's that's another topic. The first one, the first, the first one. Desert one. Storm. Desert Storm because that's America a great just name. lickety Desert split. Storm. In and out. We just went in there, took care of it, and then pulled all of our troops out. We're like, let's gonna let everybody else deal with it. And I think that was my favorite. It was like a Bob Hope movie. Yeah. Mine was the uh, same region, the Iran-Iraq War. Oh, okay. Because it was in the late 80s, and my brother would have had to have been in that war. Uh, and I always like to think about him not being in that war because they actually used to send kids his age. They would have been like 14, 15 at that age. Through the minefields, uh, the Iranian kids were getting sent through the minefields into Iraq to clear the way for the tanks. Mm -hmm. Damn. They were just basically running suicide runners across the border Whoa. through these minefields. And I always am very thankful that my brother was never a part of them. My parents escaped and did the best thing possible, which was move to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> 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 and not join the Iran-Iraq war. The war on steel. Yeah, exactly. Mary, favorite war? I'm gonna say World War Two, uh, World War Two as well, because I learned an interesting fact. Did you guys know? You guys have heard uh, that carrots are good for your vision. Yeah. yeah. Do you know that that's not true? What? It's oh, based that's off. It's propaganda. Of, it's propaganda from World War Two because uh, the British came up with a new form of radar that made their uh, bombing more exact. So in order to distract Nazis from finding the same radar technology, they spread the rumor that they ate carrots and carrots were good for your vision, which is why their fighter pilots were better. 
Because <laughs> what, what does it have to do with the radar, though? Because they were bombing more exactly, and they didn't want Nazis to think that they had more advanced technology, so they'd search for the same technology. Oh. So they spread misinformation. They were just like, these Americans can see better. It's not that they got the, the British, new yeah. iPhone. Oh. Yeah, because they have better. <laughs> That's Because they dope. ate carrots, and well, people still believe that today. I still now I don't believe it anymore. <laughs> no, there's no reason. What are carrots good for? What? Why should I? Why should I eat a beta carotene? It's good for your vision, Eddie. Good also, for my vision. <laughs> right. I'll eat it. It's got fiber in it. It's good for you. Good for my dookies? Yeah. Oh, oh really? I love taking my. I also, love it's taking fiber. My yeah. Beets. Beets. Beets are great. Juice. I love putting beets and carrots in juice, man. Oh. It's a good time to be. You don't strike me as a juicer, Eddie. I I've just started. It's great. World War Two. Great war, except for this one that we're currently in right now with ISIS. I would say that uh, I don't know. We're I don't wouldn't. Maybe we'll elevate this to a full war with ISIS. Yeah, but it's just like that's the last time we truly fought evil, in my opinion. Yeah, and the the Nazis were evil, and they needed to be stopped. And that was to me, that's kind of romantic about that that war and what makes that. All the other wars are just greedy, weird. I don't know why we fought Korea or Vietnam, you know. Those are just some weird, fucked-up things that shouldn't have happened. But World War II, um, we had to do it. We didn't have a choice. We got bombed, we got pulled into it, and we had to go defend ourselves. When when it was just good guys versus bad guys. It really was. It really was. So easy. Yeah, they they were just, they were being truly evil, killing... Concentration camps are the worst. I know we had the Japanese camps over here, but they're, you know, they weren't the same. Yeah, we yeah. were dumber back then. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> oh, Lord, we were dumber. <laughs> but still, got to go World War Two or the current war because... You know, it's exciting to watch on television. I agree. the uh, The ISIS fight is is like a good versus evil fight. To it seems like. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, it's more complicated because it's less about region. I mean, it is about region and religion, but it's also about a mentality mm-hmm. about like these kids really just they're middle class kids and they just want to go, you know, be rock and rollers with a gun. And you know, it's a you know, it's a good war when our normal bad guys are joining us to fight the really bad guys. Yeah. You know, we're having to, like, figure out how to get Saudi Arabia and Iran to help us fight ISIS and how they hate each other, uh, as always. Hey, ISIS could be... I always said, if aliens invaded, we truly would have world peace. You know, maybe ISIS are uh, the closest thing we'll get to aliens invading and the world can get behind killing ISIS. Suit us up. (laughs) All right, guys, that's been the brighter side of Cynic's Look at Optimism. I'm Ed Larson. You can find me at Twitter at Tunes underscore... Amber Nelson at Amber Smells and Cena John at Cena John. And make sure you you send in your request to impregnate Amber. Oh, yeah, on the voicemail. What's the number for that voicemail? The voicemail number is 347 620 6615. Again, that number is toll free 347. I don't think that's right. 347 620 6615. Also, we're going to do a show about nightmares and race coming up. Mm. So if you've got nightmares you want to share with us or stories about race that you want to share with us or nightmares about race <laughs> nightmares about race <laughs> or a race about nightmares uh, <laughs> so send us uh, a voicemail uh, we'll get it and maybe also we'll- the shorter it is the more likely it'll make the show a little tip for you guys. yeah and if you leave a voicemail we may play it so you release all of your whatever Bells, yeah Three four seven six two zero six six one five. Mary Kelly at Mary J Bulge Murder Fist this Saturday, January 9th, nine thirty at the Striker Stage at the People's Improv Peter the Pit. That's it. We'll see you guys later. Taking us out is our good friend Skulk the Hulking Steve Pacheca with a song off his new album. What's it called? In and sickness, sickness and, and in health. health. Uh, songs called Grind Money Crotch. Get with it, y'all. Be good to yourselves. And take care of them dogs, too. Don't forget to give them a treat. They like that.
shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful, but we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.